Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, away we go here on a, uh, can't believe it, December the 2nd. That's right, 12-2, 2019, week 13 of the NFL season. Get ready to come to a close tonight with a great one in the NFC. Seattle and Minnesota. And before we get to that, though, we got plenty to cover on what was a crazy Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Want to welcome you in here to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. Name of the show is Make It Rain. We'll look to do just that, especially tonight in this Monday night matchup, which is going to prove to be, I think, uh, pretty interesting, uh, to say the least. Going to be a great game here tonight. Certainly better than maybe some of the games you had to experience uh, yesterday. But we certainly hope that your Thanksgiving was a profitable one and a prosperous one and uh, hope all was well. But we are back at it here on a Monday uh, loaded with uh, loaded with action. A lot of interesting things, including in college, uh, college football uh, of note, some headlines that we'll get to a little bit later this hour. But last night, uh, it all culminated into a big AFC matchup. Between the New England Patriots uh, traveling on the road, uh, albeit uh, in two planes because of uh, a flu bug that apparently sure. destroyed the team during the week. So you had a, I don't know, you had one one plane with the flu, one plane without the flu, apparently. At least that's what we were led to believe. Uh, but they landed in Houston anyway to play a game. Texans kind of in a need of a win here. This is big. They've only had uh, limited success over the years. In fact, 2010 is the last time they actually beat Brady and Belichick, and you had to go back and find guys like Arian Foster who were able Mm. to do it with Matt Schaub at quarterback. All right. That's how long ago it was since the Houston Texans took care of the the New England Patriots. But I will caution folks because the score certainly reflects a win by the Houston Texans, and uh, it also reflects what many people might believe was a close game. Uh, it oh, was yeah. not close. It was not. <laughs> yeah. close. It was a couple of empty netters at the end there because Houston uh, stopped playing. But it was thorough domination over the New England Patriots, whose defense, listen, as good as they are, there's only so much that they can do if the offense doesn't cooperate. And the same things that have ailed Tom Brady and the New England Patriots offense continue to ail them even through last night. Although they did have some opportunities, but a lot of drop passes, just a lot of no separation. But I will caution people because this is uh, not only today, but I'm I'm pretty sure for the rest of the week as they get ready to welcome Kansas City into Foxborough, we are going to hear about the demise of the New England Patriots. And although they've got some issues, maybe a little bit bigger than they've had in the past, it is still the New England Patriots. Uh, they are still a 10-win football team at this particular point. Uh, They still have an opportunity to close it out and get a first-round bye. So while, yes, they are not the New England Patriots of old, there's still a month left in the season, Dane, and I would caution people to once again stick a fork in this team 
until we actually see it with our own eyes. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. You know, Joe, I think this is a, a time where we have to be very careful and specific about, you know, not getting too high, not getting too low, right? We talk about not overreacting a bunch, okay? I want to thread that needle, Joe, and I want to say first, in no way am I putting dirt on the Patriots' grave, okay? In no way am I saying the Patriots are done, okay? At all, all right? However, I do think that there are two things that happen, one on either side of the ball, which does cause me concern, Joe. It does. And concern is not saying they're dead. You know what I mean? And I will say that yet again. On the offensive side on the ball for New England, it was clear. And Collinsworth made the point. They, the Texans decided, you know what? We're going to double Edelman. And you know what? We're going to put an actual cornerback on James White, okay? We're not going to let White have mismatches against linebackers, and we're going to make sure that you don't have your trusted security blanket, Julian Edelman, where you know exactly where he's going to be, and you know the hot route and all that stuff. We're going to take that away, and we're going to force you to beat us with having timing with Mohamed Sanu and Jacoby Myers and Matt Lacoste. And maybe he can do that. But it was obviously different, and Brady was noticeably frustrated by it. So what I'm saying is that is part of a blueprint. Now, the Texans have four first-round draft picks in their secondary, right? So that's how they're able to do it. But Brady was frustrated by it, and it is somewhat concerning. Also, on the defensive side of the ball, the boogeymen, the great linebackers, and all that stuff, right? Joe, I've said it for all season long. There are three humans in the AFC. Their names are Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. And if they make plays that I don't care who the Patriots have at linebacker, they're going to be able to beat them. And Watson, all of his touchdowns were like outside of the pocket, extending plays, the exact stuff that he can do, that Lamar can do, that Patty can do, that Bill Belichick is afraid of. And if those things happen, the Patriots can be beat, like we saw last night. The last thing I'll say about it, Joe, is you're right. They're still the two seed right now. I'll tell you, if they are not, if they don't have a bye this year, Joe, okay, I don't know if I believe that they can, in back-to-back weeks, go on the road and beat two of the three guys I'm talking about. I don't know that they can, in back-to-back weeks, go to Kansas City and then go to Baltimore or go to Houston and then go to Kansas City. That would be a challenge for any team, including this version of the Patriots. But they are not dead. Does that sound about right, Joe? <laughs> I think we covered just about everything other than the fact that they're not dead. I will give you some positives, though. There are a couple of positives to take away. Yeah, no, actually, there's not really. Um, just other than the fact that they're not dead, I think is a, maybe right. the best thing that we can say about the Patriots right now. But no, the truth is they're running out of time and opportunities internally to upgrade this roster. There is a name. There is somebody that absolutely, if was on the team tomorrow could improve this team yeah, 100%. 30th, Joe. Uh, no, well, not him, but they can still sign oh. AB. 
They can still bring in Antonio Brown. I'm wondering if Robert Kraft is looking at this going, maybe I got to swallow my pride here and do what's best for the team. The only guy out there that can be that kind of game changer. They need another option. What happened? We got something to say on social media, too. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'd be listening to Jamiroquai there on the uh, opening of a uh, Monday, December the 2nd, 2019. Actually, a great album there. I don't know what the hell happened. Virtually insane. Yeah, really good stuff there back in the day. Uh, Welcome in here. We we continue to try and wash the uh, stink off of some of the games there in week 13 of the NFL season. We had a crazy Saturday and Friday, for that matter, in college football. Uh, conference championships are set. We'll talk about yeah. that coming up. But all in all, what did we learn yesterday? Well, sports books made a lot of money yesterday. Uh, contrarians made a lot of money yesterday. The betting public? Mm, yeah, not so much yesterday. Although the dogs were barking uh, yesterday. Seven and five against the number. You had six, count them, six straight up victories. Dogs are now nine and six for the week here, week 13, including the Thursday Thanksgiving games. Now for the season, interesting enough, continue to be very profitable. Dogs 105 and 81 against the number. That's almost 57%. And it was a big day for the books. Why? Well, you had so many of these lopsided games on the card in which public (laughs) darlings were a part of. Uh, And of course, don't look any further than last night with the Patriots who were just uh, dominating at the window there. Public betters love, 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 love me, them Patriots. And yes, with the Patriots losing as a three-point favorite, uh, that was not a good time for the public yesterday. But you also had a couple of other games uh, that went hard left, which we will get to. But I will congratulate the public on backing one real winner. Uh, the biggest public darling yesterday also happened to be one of the biggest winners for him. The Green Bay Packers, mm. 31 to 13, six and a half point favorite. Another one of those, uh, quote, America's team uh, public just right. comes out, droves to back them. And uh, it proved to be correct there because outside of maybe one drive, uh, the Giants, yeah, no, nope, not very good there. Aaron Rodgers pretty much carved up that defense and secondary of them. It, it appears like they brought their own weather, too, yesterday, Dane. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you would have thought that game was in Lambeau, but no, it was at MetLife. Ultimately, 31-13 to 13 was the final. But the big one, and there were a few of them yesterday, the big one happened here in my neck of the woods, mm. which, quite honestly, uh, I don't know. And there were some horrific performances yesterday. But when you have so much at stake and some of these other teams that lost, they, the 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 stakes weren't nearly as high and we'll get right. to the jets and the Carolina Panthers, but Philadelphia just watched the Dallas Cowboys blow their chance at dominating and taking over the NFC East, which quite honestly is the only, uh, it's the only path into the playoffs for either of those two teams. You got to win the NFC East. 
So watching Dallas throw up all over themselves on Thursday and then having to come to Miami to take on a team totally devoid of talent, signing guys off the street, uh, no running backs. No, I mean, it's it's laughable what's been going on down here with this Miami's team. And yet they run out to a 14 to nothing lead. They're a 10 and a half point favorite. And you think the route is on, except for the fact that. Yeah, it wasn't on it. Uh, what was on was uh, was Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins and Fitz Magic once again, who just it, there's something to be said about playing with reckless abandonment. In other words, especially coaching. Brian Flores knows he's a three win football team, could care less, takes chances with the perfect quarterback three for three on fourth downs. Hell, he even had a kicker throw a touchdown or a punter throw a touchdown pass to a kicker on a fourth and goal situation, which, by the way, proved to be the winning touchdown in the game. You dropped 37 friggin' points on that defense that had been pretty well up to that particular point. I just don't. There's excuses. There's understanding. There's nothing I can come up with that with the ability of you to be able to take full advantage of the NFC East and and secure yourself in the playoffs, to lose to the Miami Dolphins uh, in the fashion they did, I, I listen, credit to the Dolphins, but give Yeah, so listen, with the Philadelphia Eagles, you're right, Joe. They saw Dallas defecate the mattress on Thursday. And I think that's a big part of it, right? They saw Dallas Buffalo. They knew that they had it right there in front of them. And, oh, wow, the Miami Dolphins are staring in front of them. I think that's why it looks so bad, you know? The idea that it was sitting right there, Dallas lost. But to the Miami side, you know, yeah, the coaching, right? They go for it on fourth down multiple times because they ain't got nothing to lose. But the other thing about it, Joe, is that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the perfect quarterback for this kind of YOLO atmosphere, right? You know, he's going to go, he's going to be diving head first on third down and he's just slinging it. To be quite honest, he's giving his receivers a chance to make plays. There were about four or five 50-50 balls that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw up to Devontae Parker and he just comes up with them. All right. Gasicki came up with one as well. And so that for me is, you know, they ain't playing scared. They don't give a damn. And I think, you know, Flores knows that he needs to kind of coach this way. And Fitzpatrick is a perfect part of it. However, Here's what I will say right now, even after both of those teams had embarrassing losses, the Cowboys sit at six and six, the, you know, technically the NFC East leader, the Eagles are only one game back. Okay. And if you look at their schedule, they have four left to play clearly. Week 16 will be in Philadelphia. That is a huge matchup. But if you look at the other three games on the schedule, guys, Philly, in my opinion, has a big-time advantage. Dallas, outside of the Philly game, and if they win that game, you know, they'd have a two-game working margin, right? So that makes it huge. But outside of that, Dallas has at Chicago, home for the Rams, and then Washington. 
So Washington, you think, is not that bad. But the Bears and the Rams, I don't think the Bears are a hard, hard game either, personally. But then the Rams, maybe they're finding something. So you got, what, call it one and a half tough games in those three. The Eagles have, outside of the Dallas game, have the Giants twice. They have yet to play the Giants this season. They have the Giants twice and then Washington. I really believe the Eagles, if they can get right, they can run off enough wins and still overtake Dallas to become the NFC East Division champion. Now, I know it's looking out a full month and both of these teams just defecated the mattress, but I still believe that the schedule favors the Philadelphia Eagles and their squad over the Dallas Cowboys. And the other reason is because eventually the Philadelphia Eagles will get healthy. All right. Jordan Howard is a huge difference for this team. Now, don't get me wrong. Miles Sanders looked fine running the ball. 17 carries, 83 yards yesterday. He got a touchdown, I believe, in the reception game, over 100 scrimmage yards overall. However, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's about the presence of what Jordan Howard can do in that offense, right? Being more of a battering ram, being something where defenses have to respect the run game in a different way so that Carson Wentz does not become a volume thrower. This is what I've been talking about all season long. I talk about it on Pro Football Today. A lot of these teams, whether it's Phillip Rivers, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, you don't want them being volume throwers. You want them to have balance. Jordan Howard gives them balance in a way with a real kind of more physical running game than Miles Sanders can, and he hasn't had that in the last few weeks, and Carson Wentz has put the ball up 40, 45 times a week as a result. Wentz goes 28 for 46, 310 yards. Now, three touchdowns and one interception, and the one interception was a Hail Mary, I think, at the end of the half, okay? So those numbers look decent for fantasy, I know, because I have shares of him myself. Self. But a lot of times, what the balance that you don't have for fantasy, it works out fine. But for the real presence of the real offense, it is something different. So Jordan Howard will be return to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. It's still all ahead of them. The other five teams are that on the other side of the train. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
right, time to get on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com, and you can find us on YouTube at SportsGrid Network. All the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all the time, plus on Instagram at SportsGridTV. And you may want to go ahead, I don't know, tonight put your money where your mouth is, take a shot, open yourself up a sports wagering account. You can do so with FanDuel. It is Jersey's largest sports book. All you have to do is head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You'll receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's a free bet of up to 500 bucks when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering. Whether it be college or pro sports, you are definitely in control. Just head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And we got a hell of a game on store uh, tonight here between the Seattle Seahawks at home, uh, taking on the Minnesota Vikings, a big NFC clash, and uh, one that I'm sure Seattle was watching a very, uh, very interesting yesterday, watching that San Francisco Ravens game, uh, trying to figure out exactly if uh, they'd have a window of opportunity. And sure enough, they have a window of opportunity. It was opened by the Ravens in what was the game of the day by far. And I certainly hope tonight also delivers something very similar to what we saw there. Two very well-coached teams, two very strength upon strength, uh, two teams that uh, one team just made a, a two or three more plays than the other team, and that's really what it came down to. And uh, although the 49ers lost that game, I would uh, I would be very hesitant to take anything negative away from that on the 49ers' part and think that they are any worse off or the narrative that they are somehow less of a team than I told you so. They su- right. Yeah, no, like none of that. Uh, the 49ers are going to be fine. A, they're in the NFC, so it really doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Uh, but B, I think them being able to go on the road like they did uh, and uh, go up against a offense that not many other teams have had any success in stopping, they they stopped them. They They did a really, really good job. And if it wasn't for a couple of fourth down botched plays that they didn't convert, We'd be having another conversation right now, but all in all, two teams I give A's to, Dane, from the standpoint of the Ravens, congratulations. You you won a tough game in weather at home against one of the best teams in the NFL. Boom. Congratulations. And for the 49ers, you lost because of a handful of plays, you know, a fourth down conversion here or there, and you probably win that game. I think we learned, if anything, that both of those teams are two of the very best in the NFL this season, bar none. Oh, yeah, I agree with you, Joe. Listen, there is nothing bad. Like, if you're a 49ers fan this morning, mm. like, it's all good. Yep. <laughs> it's all good. And, you yep. know, Joe, honestly, that's part of the reason I put up the poll that we put up today here for Make It Rain. I put up, you know, how many wins will the team with the best regular season record have? And my options were like 14, 13, 12. And the point that I wanted to make was that – and Mike Blewett, our colleague on Pro Football Today, says this all the time. At this point of the season, you take these teams, the Ravens, the the Niners, the Saints, the Patriots, and you kind of just like automatically fill in wins for them all the time. Like they're going to run the table. You know, like the Patriots were going to go 15 and 1. Like the Ravens, the Niners, that like they'll never lose again. And that's just that's just not that's just not true. 
You know, like the Ravens will lose again. The Niners will lose again. So, and you tell me also, Joe, home field is supposed to be three points, right? So the Niners went to Baltimore's house and lost by three. To me, it sounds to me like if you play this game on a neutral field, a la the Super Bowl, ten times, I can make a point that San Fran would win that game five times, that Baltimore would win that game five times. And that's exactly what it should be. These are two of the, in my opinion, two of the best teams in the NFL. And a lot of football games, Joe, are decided because someone loses it. This mm. one was not, okay? Uh, San Fran just made a couple of more – I mean, Baltimore just made a couple of more plays, but you're absolutely right. If you're a Niners fan, you got to see that, you know what? You can run the ball against them, you know? Yeah. If you're a Niners fan, you found out, oh, you know what? We can hold up defensively, and that's really all you need to know in this kind of experience. You went across the country in the rain, on the road, to what many people believe are the best team in the NFL, and it was a last-second field goal. You cannot be upset if you're a Niners fan. No, and it's a, it was a great litmus test, and, and yeah. again, it's just another shining example that if you aren't a believer in the 49ers, and I get it, certainly on the East Coast, it's not like you get to watch them a whole heck of a lot, but... The truth is, yeah, they, they are for real. Coaching-wise, player talent-wise, they've got mm -hmm. what it takes. And they've got their own obstacles ahead of them, obviously, with the Saints uh, coming up here. The, I mean, that's obviously the team. What's yeah. going to happen with Seattle tonight Seattle. if Seattle ends up winning? Uh, Minnesota is no slouch. So the NFC is going to – their gauntlet lies ahead of them. But I think they learned, and, and we should all learn, that they certainly have the talent to be able to compete with no matter what comes out of the AFC, if it is the 49ers repping the NFC, they got just as good a shot as anybody to be able to bring home a championship, uh, which is great. Uh, as far as some other teams, uh, let's start with the Cleveland Browns, who can we all, can we just all agree now that the Cleveland Browns season is over? There's probably no reason to put them on TV again. There's probably no reason to talk about them again. Uh, there is no wild comeback here. They had everything going for them, including a missing starting center, a missing number one wide receiver, a missing number one running back, and a third string undrafted quarterback uh, named after a duck, like an actual duck. Uh, and there were people wearing duck hats in the station, in the studio, in the uh, stadium. So uh, I don't know what to tell you outside of the fact that you are your biggest enemy. You always have been. There is no way the uh, the Cleveland Browns should have been a five-win team at this point in the season, Dane, and they got nobody to blame but themselves. I don't know what this team is going to look like next year, but I've got to believe the coaching staff is going to look an awful lot different than what it was. And maybe, I don't just maybe, I don't know where Dorsey lies in this, uh, but, you know, as the GM... You created this nightmare, so how long is uh, is Haslam and company going to give him to figure out how to get out of it? Because it's truly embarrassing what we've just seen from them this year. So I think Dorsey is fine. I think Dorsey is fine because some of the decisions he's had to make, look at their recent, you know, Baker coming up roses, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, the trade for Kareem Hunt, as you well know, Joe, looks fine right now, right? So I don't think Dorsey has much to worry about. I do think Freddie Kitchens, you know, we've been talking about it all year that he was in over his head. He went from being a positional coach to running the entire franchise. And Joe, you know what's funny for me? We talk about this when we say, 
when we are thinking about like, oh, Matt Rule and Lincoln Riley and, and what hot coordinators. I kind of think, though, Joe, that for this, and we're assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, we're assuming that Freddie Kitchens will not be there. But I kind of think this may be a situation where one of the people that we kind of call retreads might actually be the right move. I think this is the roster, this is the team, this is the locker room where you need an experienced head coach that can kind of be an adult in the room and just put kind of like normal systems in place to make this team run like a normal team because I don't think Dorsey is on the hook. I do think they have personnel. And if they just get this to be a a stable kind of common environment, maybe this team can like – get back to what they could be and fix it. I think they kind of need like a retread or an experienced coach instead of trying to be a sexy hot name player coach with buzz. And and whose fault is that? that? That's Dorsey's fault because he put Kitchens in a position to fail. And why did he do that? Because he didn't want to have to butt heads with exactly the kind of coach that you are talking about. Somebody that's been around the league. So Dorsey wanted to run this team. Uh, much like Bruce Allen wanted to run uh, the Washington Redskins. And that's working out really well for him, too, as well as finally Daniel Schneider decides that, yeah, maybe we'll take a hard look at Bruce Allen here uh, and the future of the Redskins organization. And people never thought that would happen. But to me, this lies at the feet of Dorsey. Yeah, you, you can doesn't take much to figure out. Yeah, we got talented people here and go out and sign them. But Who's going to lead those talented people? You had a guy last year that proved at the end of the season, they'll play for him. And you didn't want Greg Williams. You didn't want Greg Williams because Greg Williams had no problem telling you, butt out and leave me alone. And you didn't want that. You wanted a yes man. And that's what you got. And I think Jerry, uh, the same way, is going to have this issue in Dallas. There are a couple of guys and a couple of organizations that got to figure out. Um, it's obvious a change in leadership is needed, but it's got to start at the top. The leaders have to do, have to come to an understanding that, yeah, you're the biggest problem right now. You've got to bring in somebody who is absolutely a football guy, a well-respected football guy, a guy with history. A, a hot new coordinator is not going to get it done in Cleveland. And right. there's a handful of those guys, but those guys come with one stipulation. Get the hell out of the way if you're John Dorsey, period. Yep. We're going to do it my way, and that and that's it. And Dorsey opted not to do that this year when he could have. And now we're going to see exactly – would it shock you if he gives Freddie Kitchens another year? It would. It would. Yep. It would shock me if he gives Freddie Kitchens another year, Joe. I think the writing is on the wall. And then so for me – and don't get me wrong. What you're saying about Dorsey and he's the one who you know bought the groceries, right? That does make sense. I think Dorsey – they'll give Dorsey a second bite at the apple for that. Here's my analogy, Joe. Tampa stuck with Dirk Cutter. Why? Because Jameis Winston wanted him, right? And that was a couple of years. And then they realized that wasn't going good. And they, we thought for a while, maybe the GM was on the hook over there. And what they do, they finally went out and got Bruce Arians, the exact kind of guy you're talking about, that's going to be like, no, no, no. If you're bringing me in, it's my way. I'm going to try and fix this thing with Jameis, right? Not picking the offensive coordinator that was there, that the young quarterback had a relationship with, and his endorsement is what got it done. Similar to Baker, got Freddie Kitchens the job. They're going to have to find the Bruce Arians type, the guy that's going to come in, be respected, and do it his way and tell everyone else to shut the hell up. It's my way. 
don't know how many of those guys are left around that would even want the job, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Interesting. McCarthy's one. Better be. He better be one guy they talk to. McCarthy's one. McDaniels might be one. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Congratulations, of course, uh, Mike Tomlin continues to uh, win games. Smoke and mirrors finds himself in the uh, sixth position right now for the wild card spot and uh, duct tape and uh, and Elmer's glue and everything else. And he's getting the job done. So kudos there having the final say and really putting the nail in a coffin on the season of the Cleveland Browns yesterday. And speaking of uh, coffins. Uh, there should absolutely be one uh, and the hole being dug right now uh, in New York for Adam Gase. But of course, there won't be because uh, that's how the Jets roll. And uh, they went into Cincinnati yesterday. Riding uh, one of the hot streaks in the NFL, averaging 34 points a game. Sam Donald rolling offense rolling. It's boy, oh boy, things were going great. And then. You know, Tuesday, we get the word that they're going to make a switch. They're going back to the red rifle. And all of a sudden, the money and the bets come rolling in on the New York Jets. Red flag number one. They have now become the public darlings. And while they went there, this is so vintage Adam Gase, where he gets a couple of wins under and he gets this feeling of invincibility where the game plan Well, it's going to showcase how smart Adam Gase is and how good and how great uh, this high-profile offense is going to be. Walks into Cincinnati going up against the single worst NFL team against the rush that we know, known to mankind, historically bad, in fact, uh, is what the Cincinnati Bengals have been this year. And you come in with a, you know, a $30, $40 million running back, one of the best in the game, Le'Veon Bell, just itching to get it done. Put the hands in, uh, you know, put the game in the hands of the offensive lineman, go out there and have some fun. And instead, he throws the ball 54 times, runs it 15. In fact, Le'Veon Bell only had 10 rushes in that game. And oh, yeah, they only put up six points. They actually did something no team has really been able to do all year, and that is make the Cincinnati Bengals defense look like the 85 Bears. I've never seen anything like it, but it's vintage. Adam Gase gets three or four games in there where his offense is the greatest thing, and he thinks he's just going to go in there and throw it around and do it his way. No game planning, no nothing. You have now lost to two undefeated teams of seven, 0-7 oh or worse. That is what your distinction is, Adam Gase. I don't know how much more the New York Jets ownership needs to see here before they realize that this is exactly what this coach is. He will show you a couple of games where, oh, he knows what's going on. But the truth is, he doesn't have a clue because when it comes to playing teams like Cincinnati in that spot, that team wasn't ready to play. The Jets weren't ready to play. And it starts with the head coach. But 
I'm sure he'll be around for another three years, Nate. You know, if every game was like an elementary school math test, you know, some would be harder than others, right? Mm -hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals, all season long, for every opponent in the league, has been an easy math quiz to pass, okay? And to your point, Joe, you know, like, this defense, the Cincinnati Bengals defense, has given up, like, over 200 rushing yards a game almost. Like you said, historically bad. You went out and spent money for what I still believe is one of the top three running backs in the NFL, okay? (laughs) And, Joe, how many times this year You know, like, Joe, for fantasy, how many times this year have I said that when a quarterback is forced into becoming a volume thrower, it's not good for your team? I say it all the time for Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, all this stuff. Here, though, Joe, no one forced them into being a volume-throwing game. Gaze did that himself. How do you give Le'Veon Bell the ball 10 times 10 carries for 32 yards against a defense that's given up almost 150 rushing yards a game you didn't have to get cute you don't have to have 48 throws what you do is you say hey lev bell this is your game we're going lev bell left lev bell right lev bell draw lev bell screen until they can stop it because they have improved they've been able to stop it at all this was just gays getting too cute the team even Bilal Powell, right? They combine for 14 carries and 46 yards, Joe. Sam Darnold throws the ball for 40, 48 times. You don't do that against a team that cannot stop the run and has no, you know, and you could take their heart and soul in the first quarter very easily. Got to be the smartest dude in the room. That has always been the flaw of Adam Gase, that when there's no reason for it, He's just got to prove that he is so damn smart. So smart, in fact, that you're right. In the first half, they only ran the ball nine times, guys. 28 (laughs) passes, nine times in the first half. They averaged, are you ready for this? Almost five yards a carry in those nine rushing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And yet they only ran six more for the rest of the game in the second half. They were averaging five yards an attempt in the first nine carries in the first half. And voila, just like that, the Jets find themselves totally embarrassing. But they are in the record books because they become just the uh, first team uh, in 100 years of the NFL. Guys, congratulations, 100 years to lose to two teams that were at least 0-7 or worse in the same season. If that doesn't put you on notice or put you on the hot seat as a coach, first year or not, I don't know what else is telling. If you can't beat the Dolphins or the Bengals and you lose to them in the same season, I, what what else is there? And by the way, Jamal Adams looks hurt now. He was in a mm-hmm. walking boot. So now you know, I, I don't I, I don't know. Now, listen, good news is Dolphins won, Bengals won. You actually and with Denver and we'll get to the Chargers, the, the Denver winning yesterday now puts right. the Jets inside the top 10 in the draft. So. Listen, there's always a silver lining in everything, but uh, but you've got to you got to admit at this point it's like how much, how many more red flags does a team and an ownership group have to see before you realize and and both New York teams for this matter, uh, you know Shermer included along with Adam Gates, how much more do you need to see in order before you go this ain't working guys like this is not a good fit at all 
And uh, unfortunately, I know the Jets will stick with. I'm hoping the Mara family is a little smarter. They should be a little smarter in seeing that maybe Shermer is not the best fit here. And maybe that because Danny Dimes, unfortunately, three more picks yesterday, three more turnovers, mm-hmm. just it, it ain't working in either New York team right now. Yeah, you know, I did the math, and right now the Jets, you know, with all the four-win teams, they're between the 8th and 11th pick, depending on where the tiebreakers fall, okay? There's some other four-win teams, and you're right, Joe, it's an interesting group now, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Chargers lost, they're still at four wins. The the Jags are at four wins, and they have some, uh, you know, some QB questions themselves, Mm -hmm. if do they not, you know? So we'll see how it breaks out. You know, the Jets did beat Washington, though, Joe. Uh, earlier this season and what you know you talk about a record stat here you know the the dolphins the bengals and washington all won yesterday joe those teams i believe correct me if i'm wrong those teams combined for like three wins on the season so far and they got three wins together yesterday you know what i mean and that's Mm -hmm. why also i made this point on the top side you can't just auto fill in wins for the ravens the niners the the pats and you can't just auto fill in losses for the Bengals, the dolphins at all you know and that when we start listen the last month of the season when we start picking games and lines like you these teams are not going to all go 4 and 0 in the last month and these nope. bad 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 teams are not going to go 0 and 4 in the last month. Okay? They're just not. So yep. remember that as you're starting to pick games and be like, "Oh, automatic." Cuz they're not. No. Nothing is uh, automatic in the NFL except for the Jets at some point throwing up all over themselves. But I do believe the Giants now find themselves in a uh, in a very interesting situation cuz they'll have the number 2 pick in the NFL draft if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with their two wins, them and Washington, I think, uh, are going to be battling there for maybe, hell, who knows, with the red rifle. You know, Andy Dalton, if nothing else, yesterday, and I, and I kind of have an idea of what they were doing here. They basically slapped a for sale sign on Andy Dalton and threw him out there and said, listen, this is what we've got. He still got it. I don't think the quarterback of the future of the Bengals is on the Bengals. I think they realize that. But if they can go out and get a couple of, and there will be a team that will sign Andy Dalton tomorrow, guys. He will be unemployed for three minutes. Uh, And what they did yesterday was slap a for sale sign on him and say, look at what he can do. And by winning that game, they just, they they got themselves a couple of more, maybe a pick or two better than what they thought they were going to get for. Instead of a fifth round pick. Brilliant. I mean, brilliant. I mean, if the trading deadline, they shut him down. They yep. needed to see – we say this all the time, Joe. They needed to see if Ryan Finley was their answer, okay? Right. They have established he is not their answer. Like, so, right. yes, they draft Joe Burrow now. They needed to know, do they draft Joe Burrow or do they draft Chase Young? They now right. know they draft Joe Burrow, right? Yep. But Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton has, you know, what is he, 31, 32? He's got, he's got a future, and I'm going to tell you right now, Joe – what would the what would the Los Angeles Chargers be this year if Andy Dalton was their quarterback? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. Would they exactly. not have? How many times did Philip Rivers end games by just slinging it, channeling his inner Ryan Fitzpatrick? I'm not mm. saying Andy Dalton is amazing, and I'm not saying he's your long term answer. But if you're a team like the Chargers, Joe, and you know, you know, the window is closing on Philip, what you do is you get 
exactly a quarterback like Andy Dalton, and then you draft a kid that's not Burrow, that's not Tua, you draft like the fourth quarterback off the board, and you do that for the next three years until one Mm -hmm. hits, and you have Andy Dalton playing serviceable quarterback with a pretty talented roster, Joe, and that's how you reload instead of rebuild. I don't know if uh, I, I, there's no reason for them to, if he wants to stay and be a, and play mentor, I'm sure they would keep him, but I don't know that he wants to do that. And I know there are teams that will overpay for an Andy Dalton. Uh, you had a team overpay for Nick Foles and he didn't even play in the second half yesterday as Gardner Minshew, you know, the, the six round pick came in and all of a sudden sparked some life into an offense in Jacksonville that was, you know, down 25 nothing at half because Nick Foles, what it looked like Ryan Finley, quite honestly, dropping the ball, giving it to the other team, an interception, two fumbles. Next thing you know, it's 25 nothing at home. So that, too, is another franchise that's going to have to. The problem is they're just good enough to win enough games where they're not going to be able to fix you know, all of their issues, especially on the offensive side of the ball in one draft. So that, you know, that's the problem. Jackson, there's a bunch of those teams that right now they're just, they're like Indianapolis. Uh, I know people will make excuses for Jacoby Brissett from here until Tuesday. I get it. You know what I mean? But they didn't fully commit to him. They gave him one of those. Yeah, we know we got to pay you. We'll pay you now, but we'll kind of wait and see. It's a 20 million range. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so, you know, that's another team that's that's got a lot of talent. You're going to win enough games where you're not going to be able to necessarily do what you've been doing, building a draft. So you're kind of stuck in that that purgatory, that no mayor land. Like, what the hell you do? There's a lot of teams like that. I well, mean, would you rather have Jacoby Brissett or Andy Dalton as a quarterback if you're in Indianapolis next year? Uh, it's five. It's six of one half dozen of the other, Joe. You know Is what I mean? Is I it? think so. Yes, I do. Yeah. I mean, a month ago, we were talking about Jacoby Brissett as a pro bowler. Okay? So, I mean, they're both, in my opinion, those tier two quarterbacks. If everything else is in place, they can win games. I think that's the case for both of them. That was two months ago because they're now lost four out of their last five. It is not good at all in Indianapolis. And how can T.Y. Hilton be the glue of an offense with that? Eric Ebron. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Gotta love Manish too. All in on uh, on Adam Gase cracks me up, man. He is just hammering away for the last 24 hours. Uh, no points. 110 yards. 3.4 yards per play. Bengals D is allowed a league high 417 yards a game. League high six and a half yards per play and a league high 26 and a half points per game. And yet Adam Gase had zero points, 110 yards and 3.4 yards per play and uh, no halftime adjustments whatsoever, except for the fact that if it was even possible, 
they they ran the ball even less in the second half right. than they did in the uh, in the first half. Just a another in a long list of franchises that are in trouble. Any which way you want to look at it, it starts from the top, works its way down. I don't know what you do in Los Angeles with the Chargers. I don't know to lose eight games to be only the third team in history to lose at least eight games by seven or less points in the season is just, it tells you that's coaching, that's leadership. That's, that's everything to do with that front office on the way down. Anthony Lynn, nice guy. You got no business being a coach in the NFL. And you you, you can't, you just can't do it. There is absolutely no way you can continue to find ways to lose games in a year where the clock was ticking. This was supposed to be the year. This was the year you were going to take that next step. And what it, you know, last year they were in one score games. They were six and one in one score games last year. And and this year they're zero and eight now. So they are just, they're not doing the little things. And those little things, you get Derwin James. I mean, you get everything back yesterday with an opportunity to win that game in Denver against a rookie quarterback. And you find yourself down 14 to nothing because you can't, you're getting out coached is basically what Fangio out coached you. No Von Miller, no nothing for Denver yesterday, except they're up 14, nothing. And the defense for, for the chargers, they showed up in the second half. They shut them down and allowed the offense to at least get back into that game. But fourth and one turns into fourth and six turns into fourth yeah. and 11. They were lucky to grab a, a, a Anthony Lynn. If he's not on the hot seat, Congratulations. He's Go one of those guys, guys that are maybe better offensive coordinator. We talked about these. Absolutely. Sometimes you're a coordinator, not a head coach. Absolutely. And, and the he wanted them. There are going to be some jobs available next year. Big time in the NFL.